0: What's up, everyone? This is Riley Madison, and you are listening to Sunset Flip Radio. So we're back and better than ever here on Sunset Flip Radio. As always, I'm your co-host, Thomas Leacy. Always joined by Mr. Wonderful Jeff Noise. Jeff, what's going on? What's up, everybody? How you doing? And we have a special guest today. Now, this is huge for me because I've been a lifelong Loyal Lesson Jake fan for over 20 years. And now we're going to be interviewing JR from my favorite band of all time, Less Jake. JR, how are you doing today?
1: I'm really good, Thomas and Jeff. Thank you guys for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. This is the first uh, well, wrestling, yeah. wrestling theme podcast I've ever been a part of. So very yeah.
0: <laughs> I know what's really funny is when we were, I was on Facebook and I saw a memory that you put up of your brother put up a sign at a show that said LTJ 469 yeah. and I was like, let me shoot. Let me shoot a message to Jr. to see if he likes wrestling, and he's like, "Yeah, all right." So, so here we are. But um, before we talk about wrestling, I just want to say that late night lesson, Jake, round two was phenomenal. I ordered it; it was awesome. Thank you. Um, I wish I could see you guys this weekend at Beer Fest, but I unfortunately can't go. Um, I have some stuff coming up, but um, congratulations on going back on tour. Thank you. And it must be awesome for you guys to do that.
1: Yeah, I wish I could take some of the credit, but I don't take any credit for that. (laughs) I guess it goes to most of humanity for stepping up and getting a little pinprick in their arm and allowing us to be able to go back to work. So for that, I'm appreciative. And uh, yeah,
0: that's very excited,
1: very excited to play the show. But don't worry about missing this one show, because this is one of many that is going to be happening over the course of the future so we're getting back into it maybe not as quickly as some other people are but we're getting there.
0: great
2: so well, I, I know i'm really you. excited oh, yeah. because sure. i'm a huge less than jake fan as well awesome. uh i was very heavily influenced by you guys i definitely i was a part of like the nj scott scene the new jersey scott nice. kids and like you know We've had some epic times going to see you, seeing like you know, slackers and hub city and all that stuff. Uh, My buddies, they were in uh, awful waffle and they opened for you guys like a million times. Yeah, was in my wedding party, (laughs) so that's That's
1: great.
2: Shout out to them, they said what's up, so this is gonna be a good time.
0: Yeah, so JR, I gotta ask you so what wrestling are you into now you know back in the day what do you you like or what did you like
1: okay so my wrestling fandom started very early and usually it's in the north i'm from the northeast i grew up in connecticut and my dad's favorite wrestler he watched used to watch wrestling on saturdays with his grandfather Mm -hmm. so his grandfather that he lived with Was Italian and from Italy, like come over. My great grandparents had come over from Italy, so their favorite wrestler was Bruno Sammartino. Yes, yes. So to me, when I was a little kid, my father would watch wrestling every Saturday because it was on, you know, whatever. And I never really liked sports very much, but for some reason, I really liked wrestling. You know, and this was right at the point where Hulk Hogan was really like. It was right after Hogan beat the chic for the belt mm-hmm. and it was i mean you know hulkamania was running wild brother oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that, that's right
0: 1984
1: yeah so it was interesting like it was actually 83 when he oh, okay. when hogan like i guess backland beat chic beat backland in philadelphia in 83 and then hogan i think won january of 84 mm-hmm. um So I guess it was probably around that time that I remember, like maybe I started watching earlier in 83, 84, somewhere around there. I I wasn't exactly 10 years old yet. I'm 45 for the record. I was born in 76. So Mm -hmm. it was right at the tail end of what would be considered the territory era and right at the beginning of where Vince kind of started purchasing people, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was interesting being from Connecticut because WWF was based in Greenwich or Stanford at the time. Mm-hmm. But ESPN was this fledgling company and they were looking for a lot of new footage and shows to be able to show. So because there was no real sports stuff going on 24 hours, there was a ton of wrestling on ESPN. So I would get AWA promotions, you know, that was, uh, Ganya's great Vern Ganya's promotion i would get world class which was the von erick's you know and then i would get uh nwa would be you know the the crockett promotion would be on yeah. saturdays if they had wwf superstars at 10 the crockett promotion was at 11 so on saturdays i would just watch an app, two hours worth of wrestling and then you know, they had TNT, you know, whatever it was on Mondays, yeah. and then, or actually, it was Gorilla and Heenan. I think were on. That's they're,
0: they're, they're the great, they're the greatest of all time, in my yeah.
1: Opinion. You know, so when I was a kid, up to the point of when I was, you know, went to high school, I was pretty in it. Like I I saw WrestleMania one on closed circuit television in the gym of my old high school when I was, oh. you know seven years old or eight years old my dad he took me and it was you know it was awesome you know and yeah. so as I've gotten older now you know I think probably when I went to college I stopped watching wrestling for a little bit just because there was no cable in the dorms so there was no way to really watch it you know but my brother was always also huge he became bigger of a wrestling fan than me so you know fast forward couple of years into the less than Jake years and, you know I started watch kind of getting back into it a little bit you know and I always liked WCW and I always liked kind of what WWE was doing and, you know and then funny enough I start getting messages from people who are current wrestlers and they're like fuck I'm a big fan of your band can we can I come and see the show and you know, next thing I know, I'm like rubbing elbows with wrestlers who I loved and now they're my friends. And I I always thought that was funny, you know. And, um,
0: do you know, like, can you just throw out any names, for example? Well, I mean,
1: Corey Graves is a good friend of mine. He's okay. The guy who did the announcing on both of the late night with Less than Jake's? I mean, mm-hmm. just I was like, hey, dude, I need an announcer. I bet you're good at it.
2: <laughs> and, yeah, Corey's good people.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. Um, you know, here, let me drop some more names Ooh, cm punk very good friend of mine you know mm-hmm. um he met him because he wanted to come him and colt cabana wanted to come see us play
0: nice. that was
1: the message that i got from chad from Newfoundland Glory. he was like so this guy wrestler blah, blah. I was like yeah dude totally know that guy and
2: <laughs>
1: you know they're they're uh ruby riot's a good friend okay. um you know i've known uh Paige for a long time a couple of years I met her a couple of years back she's really sweet you know so I mean like and I've met people and they're all really nice it's just you know I, I forget sometimes because I end up they end up introducing themselves as their real names and then yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to kayfabe or whatever <laughs> and the other thing that I never do I never really talk and you know Andy from Every Time I Die he is a good yeah. buddy of mine and he yeah. you know when we were on work tour, he was like, "Man, I'll never forget." He said to me, "Man, I can't wait to get home and just, you know, this is gonna sound weird, but, you know, toss it, get lock up with a bunch of sweaty
2: men." And I was like, "That's <laughs> fucking awesome, you know." Um, <laughs> hey, that dude's weird. living a dream, and that's awesome. Yeah, I, you, you know, Andy's the music such, thing in wrestling.
1: He is such a good dude too. Yeah, like, and he really the his passion for wrestling equate is like definitely equals his passion for music maybe more so because i think he always just wanted to do that you know and like you know you always find the guys on tour especially work tour you find the guys who are interested there's always some like lars from rancid that's how him and i became friends oh, yeah. we were fucking wrestling nerds and you know we traded tapes back years ago and you know whatever so nowadays i still watch you know, when I can, it's, it's hard because there's more wrestling now available than
0: there ever has been. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, There's a lot of stuff going on every day.
1: Yeah. And you know, I listen to, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts either. Um, I do listen to, I'm a cult of Cornette member proudly. And I believe that he has a very, sometimes antiquated but oftentimes correct view of what happens in a lot of modern wrestling things and i think it just makes people mad that he's right you know mm-hmm. and so like again i don't i'm not knocking any wrestling that there is the funny thing is is people will try to pit you against each other and be like well you're either for them or for them and that's where you're fucking mark if you do that. It's so toxic. Like for real like and that's why I get to the point where I'm just like oh I'm not talking to this guy because he's a mark and you know like we had like it's hard to have real conversations with people who think that they know what's going on in the real world when it comes to wrestling because like I you know I read I get on Twitter I get on the Twitter machine and I fucking (laughs) read comments and stuff like that you know that people when there's wrestling things. And it's just so funny how, you know, they say kayfabe is dead, but I mean, I think it's stronger than ever because everybody thinks that they're in the know and they know. It's, uh, I always find it interesting because, like, just a small little offshoot, right? When we had, when I asked Corey to do the voiceovers on the first Late Night with Lesson J, I was like, this is gonna be great, you know, people are gonna love it. And I got this one guy who wrote this long drawn out comment about how we don't need people like Corey Graves and punk rock because he said these horrible things to Ronaldo whatever. And I'm like, you're a fucking mark, dude. Mm-hmm. And I wrote the and I, I deleted his comment and I muted the dude and then he wrote me separately on my personal account and was like, you know, I get it, He whatever, but like that guy did this and did that blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, dude, no offense. Like, just because you think you know, doesn't specifically mean that you know what the yeah. situations were. I'm like, and just because you read it on a fucking blog by Dave Meltzer doesn't mean that it's true. You know what I mean? Like, he, his sources are, you know, they certainly could be better than mine, but like, I just talked to my friend. Do You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, again, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna drag up things that are false and not true. But I wrote the dude and I said, hey, man, just, you know, maybe I don't know where you got your information from, but perhaps, you know, you should just understand that it's not, not everything you read is true. And he goes, and his response was, I didn't get it from a blog. I know it's fact. Okay, well, apparently you work for Mauro Ronaldo and (laughs) I don't know anything. But, you know, like I said, man, things get kind of blown up because of the culture in which things are right now. And everybody has an opinion and everybody thinks their opinion matters. And, um, you know, I guess that's what the beauty of wrestling is, ultimately, is because,
0: you know, as much as
1: everybody thinks they know, they don't know shit. And that's the beauty of it.
0: And that's funny because on our podcast, I mean, we, we just, We'll start on one thing, and then we'll go to another thing. You know what I mean? Like, we don't – here on Sense of Flipberna, we don't have any scripts. We don't have any notes. Everything's at the top of the dome. So, I mean, and coming from the perspective of three lifelong wrestling fans, myself, Jeff, and uh, we also have Alex, who oh, could make it today. So
1: you, so, you say you don't workshop all of the things that you're doing? Like, apparently they're doing an AEW now? You don't work No. Out
0: everything. <laughs> no, no, but, you know – No, our did, pyro's like, better. Yeah, our pyro is better. <laughs> no, but uh you know when you talk about marks, you know, we we always say you know got to keep kayfabe alive because you know that is part of wrestling. Yeah. Um you know but we're we're just three fans that watch wrestling and we talk about it just because we love the sport and the thing about it is um wrestling is such a broad topic that uh, everybody has different opinions. I mean me me and Jeff have argued a couple times, you know what I mean? I like wrestlers that Jeff doesn't like and Jeff likes wrestlers that I don't like. So, I mean, you know, that's the cool thing about wrestling is that everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And at the end of the day, you know, you could be right or wrong with an argument. But also, you know, if you have the facts to back it up and you believe in what you say, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, And like the fun thing
2: with what we do is, again, like all three of us have like different opinions. I uh, was an independent wrestler for 10 years um i trained at the monster factory so and i worked with like a lot of these guys you know like some bigger name people and they all taught me something so i could put that kind of perspective into the conversations which is good which is like what you brought up with that whole like you know Meltzer gets his crap and just puts it up. It's like at least if you have some sort of insight into the business and you could have logical conversations with people, that's what you want more in professional wrestling. But instead, you just get like neckbeard number one arguing with <laughs> troll yeah. basement dweller number yep. two, and you get just a bunch of like. That's the toxic environment that you don't want to be a part of. Well, it's but just, at the end stop. of the day, we like the beauty of wrestling is we all have our opinions. And it's supposed to be fun. So let's make it fun yeah. again and let's keep it going. Yeah. I, I totally
1: agree with you there. You know, it's it's supposed to be entertaining. That's why they exactly. call it sports entertainment, apparently. Yeah. But you know, my my I have a very short checklist of things that will make me decide if I'm gonna watch a promotion or even watch a match. I so agree. first of okay. all is believability, right? So I, do I believe that these two combatants, or four combatants, or fucking five combatants, or whatever the hell is you know going on, yeah. is it believable? Do I believe that this guy has a shot versus this guy, or at least is the storyline telling me that this guy has a shot with this guy? Like when you go go back and look at something like Rey Mysterio versus The Big Show years back, like not believable, but still a good story, so you want to believe the story, right? Mm-hmm yeah um so believability too uh, is the are the characters or the wrestlers are they believable right like so am i gonna believe like i we everybody knows that everything's a work right yeah. so if everything's a work cornet i think Cornette said it you know can i make you believe that i'm real right you may not believe that this is real, but how about the guy that's doing it? That's why guys like Austin did really well. That's why guys, you know, The Rock, Austin, those guys, because you believed that those guys were gonna be the thing. And three, like, how is the pace the match, you know? Is it like, is it something that's drawing me in that makes me wanna watch? Because as soon as I start seeing people just going for every high spot that there is, like, God bless that they can do these things, you know? But it just, how many fucking super kicks can I take?
2: You know, like <laughs> when you. I was a kid, dude, when
1: I was a kid <laughs> and the Rockers, the Rockers were AWA tag, right? Yeah, so yeah. Midnight yep. Rockers is what Midnight Rockers, are, right? And Shawn Michaels had a super kick. Chris Adams in WCW had a super kick. And when you fucking got hit with that super kick, it was it. There was no was coming it. back from it. Now you got guys like the Young Bucks, it's, you know, everybody, it's a super kick party, you know? Yeah, and like, thank you. So, so I think it, I that. Re- Again, I'm thinking I'm not,
0: you love the Young Bucks.
2: Yeah, and I'm not taking anything <laughs> away from uh, what those guys do because I think they're very like, athletic, very talented, but yeah. it's, to me, it's not believable. Yeah, it's just, well, and I too
1: there much. is a market of people who enjoy that style of wrestling, yeah. you know? And like, mm-hmm. totally, I respect you and your thought. And again, it goes back to my point. Like, I'm not battling for one or the other, you know? like. I just kind of look at things like there's wrestlers that I think are really good and wrestlers I think are not so good. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, like a guy like Roman Reigns, I thought he's been great forever because he's so polarizing, you know, like, and you want a guy holds a belt in my opinion for two reasons. One, he needs that belt to push him forward. Right. And a lot of times it's the faces that need the belt to push them forward. Yeah. Or it's a guy like Roman Reigns, who's a total fucking heel, and all you want to do is see him lose that belt. It's the yeah. same thing works in like MMA. Like, why was Connor McGregor so popular? He wasn't because as many people that hated him paid to watch him lose as were the people who paid to watch him win. Yep. Same thing with Floyd Mayweather, same thing with Mike Tyson. That is the that is the true sense of money right in a fight is you want to see somebody win or you want to see somebody fucking lose and i paid a shitload of money whatever it was to watch conor mcgregor lose to nate diaz however long ago that was the mm-hmm. first lost to nate diaz and i'm like yeah. i'm gonna pay money because i think he's not gonna win i don't think mm-hmm. he's gonna win this and he didn't he lost
2: and it was fucking worth it you know <laughs> like like with uh roman reigns title reigns like his uh When he was a face, it was not nearly as captivating as what he's doing now. Exactly. But regardless, the dude could kick some absolute ass, and you knew that he is a viable heavyweight champion Mm -hmm. at whatever level it was. But as a fan and, like, you know, watching everything, what he's doing right now has been absolute money. When he was a face champion, to me, that didn't draw money. What he's doing right now could draw a ton of money.
1: And, (laughs) like – they were trying to force him into a box that he didn't belong in. They tried to make yes. him space, and the crowd was like, "This, I, we don't like this guy. It doesn't matter." Yeah. And so, if you just let people be who they are, and I think that's where WWE they sometimes get in their own way is yeah. they just can't like they try so many things to see
2: what sticks, and like sometimes you just so many hands the in a
1: cookie jar. Yeah, and there's way too
2: many hands in the cookie jar and they handcuff everybody. But when you let those handcuffs come off and you give them a little bit of creative freedom, that's when you see like the polarizing and like captivating stuff. That's why CM Punk for his huge run that he had, that was epic stuff because the handcuffs were off.
1: I mean, I'll tell you a little quick backstory. You know, after Phil retired, you know, him and I went out to lunch one day and it was right about the time we were in Chicago. It was right about the time New Day was really starting. You know, where I was just like, dude, this is the best thing that got going you know? And we went out to, we were out to lunch, him and April and me, and we were just talking or whatever. I don't talk wrestling with my friends that wrestle. They can talk music with me, but I don't normally talk wrestling with my friends that wrestle because I'm just like, Mm -hmm. you don't, I don't want to mark out in front of you. That's weird to me. (laughs) And so I, you know, I said to him, I was like, You know, we were just talking and he was like, yeah, wrestling, whatever. And I was like, you know, the um, the one thing that I really like that's going on right now is the new day. And he just smiled and he's like, you know, I told E the best way to get something across because I think it was a bad gimmick when they gave it to him and they turned it into something special. And, you know, Punk had said the best way to get over is to stop giving a fuck. Yeah. you know like really giving a fuck what people like if you're gonna get trouble with people in the back or whatever he's gonna say and that's why it worked for him because he just stopped giving a fuck you know yeah. and like his personality is like him as the, the the wrestler cm punk is just a super hyper version of phil brooks the human you know what i but mean but that's what but,
2: makes a good gimmick right? that's what makes it re- as, soon as you turn thing. yourself up to like not 11, but, like, 20. You that makes it. a good gimmick.
1: And that's it. It's your believability. And that's yes. why he was such a good wrestler. It's believability.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like yeah. That's, why, that's why I think, like, Roman is doing the best work of his life. Because he's so believable. Like, he goes in every match. Like, we always, we, we talk about Roman Reigns a lot. Because we know that there's nobody on the current roster that wrestles week in and week out that can beat him. We know that. And he knows that. So yeah. we always say that the only person the only well, it may be John Cena, but the only person that can beat Roman Reigns in all of our opinions that we talk about is The Rock. That's it. Family. You know I mean? family. Yeah. Family if they if family. they do something like that, that would be awesome. But again, I,
1: I am waiting for there's two matches that I'm waiting for. And we got one version of one before I thought they should have done it. Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. Give me that program. I'm yes. waiting yeah. for that fucking program. Yes. Yeah. Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns. Give me that program. Like, actually, yes. I just heard I was listening to Cornette early. I'm kind of a couple of, I'm always behind on those things. But he had said, like, him or the other guy last said, like, <clears throat> you're, you know, just that setup is great with MVP in one corner and Heyman in the other corner and the two. I mean, like, it's set up to
0: make money. And Lashley he, actually wrestled Roman at a pay-per-view, I'm going to say a couple years ago, when Bobby came back, when he was a monster face, and he went nice over on Reigns, but yeah. Bobby Lashley is doing the best work of his entire career right now. As a, And I'd love to field. see it. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I would love to see Bobby against yeah. Roman. I think Are Bobby you, Lashley's you, great.
1: And arguably, it's because MVP is there. And to be honest with you, when MVP came back, I was just like, "Well, they're just giving this guy a contract because he lives in Florida, and we're in a pandemic yeah. and they need to fill some roster space," you know. But like, man, I'll I'll eat the crow. He has certainly stepped up and has become much better, not only as a performer but as just a
2: mouthpiece. I, I never really expected that. Out of him, so one of the biggest surprises is seeing MVP come back in such an important role, and how he took the keys and just. Absolutely dominated, but I don't want to just talk about WWE because I do watch AEW. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm a big AEW fan. I'm critical of it, but I'm a very big AEW fan.
1: And I don't, I don't watch a lot of um, TNA because I didn't really watch it when it was more accessible. I suppose I never really. I always thought that promotion was just trying too hard to be to stand out instead of just being a promotion. You know if you just try if you try so hard to stand out from everything else then you just end up looking kind of weird i think but yeah um you know i don't really watch what is it mlw or mm-hmm. I, you know <clears throat> i have some really good friends that are indie wrestlers like air cannons my boy like mm-hmm. friends for a long time and you know it, i super support the indie scene my buddy tony runs the Fast wrestling down in florida you know and i mm-hmm. go to Little spot shows here and there. If I'm really yeah, I know cool. the fest stuff. Yeah, and so again, it's cool. It's fun. It's fun yeah. to go to those kind of like small house shows or whatever. But you know, again, it's like everybody's trying to get over and nobody's getting over at the same time. Yeah. So, but you know, going back to AEW, um, I think there are some wrestlers on that roster that kind of do really great things. I just yes. think that in a formative um like in a formative sense when you're young i think there needs to be some more training right so because if you watch like an nxt show versus an AEW show if you know nothing about wrestling you can watch an nxt show and you go these guys are trained maybe they're trained by the same person but they know what they're doing everything looks clean everything looks correct you know they're they're not doing shit that they don't know how to do right and then you watch AEW, and it just seems like kind of a you know the same high spots over and over. Sometimes the same finishes. And I think that a lot of times you get some of these younger talented dudes, and they're just not working properly, you know. Um, but like again, I'm not a profession. I'm an amateur. I just watch stuff. I'm just yeah. viewing it, you know. But a guy like my favorite guy's in AEW right now, Sammy Guevara. I think he's fucking superstar, Excellent. superstar. Yeah. superstar. He's going to be a superstar. Um, he's got money and, written all over him. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the, this, the inner circle is holding him back. And when he was yeah. almost at that point there where he was going to split, I was like, oh, oh, fucking Sammy and Jericho, this is going to be great. And then it was, ah, we're back together. It was all for the, the MJF thing. You know, and like, I, I think MJF is great. Mm-hmm. Really. Like, I think he's great. I think that.
2: Um, he lives the gimmick. Yeah, no, he's yeah. great. He does. I met him. He lives the gimmick that he is what he is. He yeah. is an
1: old He's a territory guy in a new school. Yeah.
2: Band, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, I, totally I think he needs to change his move setup a little bit, personally. Well, he's I'm not a young. huge fan of his finish, but okay, I can yeah. see him be a star 100%.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, again, it's like, I, I feel like all of these young dudes, even a guy like Jungle Boy can be great. You know? Jungle Boy's phenomenal. I feel like a lot of these young guys get overshadowed by guys like Jericho, guys yeah. like, um, you know, who the hell did you just sign Mark Henry?
0: What yeah, sure?
1: like dude, you know, like I love Mark Henry and stuff. What is he gonna do? Like same thing. Big Show. he'll probably like, have a role Henry? like how
2: Big Show has a role. That's what I would here. assume. I'm hoping it's not gonna be a full time
0: wrestler gig. No. But it won't be. It's he's gonna be. He's gonna be announced. Um, the new show, the new uh, one-hour show that they have, he's going to be commentating yeah. on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah but like, thing, right?
2: JR, like what you were saying, too, it's, it's kind of like they're falling into the trap that WCW did, where they wanted to get all of these people together for the star power name just so that they could sell tickets, get TV buy rates, and all that kind of stuff. But – you're not going to be able to put over those guys like Mm. the MJF, the Sammy Guevara, like individually, it's going to be very, very difficult because you're lost in the swing of everything. Yeah. I completely agree with you on that.
1: The other thing that I don't get is Kenny Omega. I don't see, I don't see what people see in him. I see the talent as a wrestler. I don't very good. Not taking anything away from his in-ring work. I think his in-ring work is wonderful. Um, But everything else about it, and I guess it's, I've always said that if a wrestler, if I really don't like a wrestler, then they must be doing their job, right? Like that's, you want that reaction, that fucking, there's no middle ground. Like if you're just kind of indifferent about a wrestler, that wrestler is not going to do very well. Yes, that, I, that is that is wrestling fan one If hundred and one. You're indifferent about somebody?
2: That guy's not. That guy's not over, and he's never going to. If it's that crickets, that's an issue. Yes. Yeah, Even like, plain the and simple, thing, there's no crowd reaction. There's no nothing. That's the issue. Yeah, and I mean, Kenny I mean, Omega, I had the same process. Like, I thought for the longest time, like, I just didn't get it. I didn't get the appeal. I enjoy him now. Like, I like this whole angle with like you know the collector getting all the belts and stuff like that. He is kind of the right guy to do that. But as like the, you know, doing it for as long as I did, I have a problem with the dude can't run the ropes. Like, <laughs> he, he does like these really stupid things that aggravate me as having like, I'm not saying I'm anybody, but I have like a little bit of insight because I was trained by the same dude that trained Bam Bam Bigelow and freaking Damien Priest and all these guys. So I have a little bit of knowledge, but I see things like, if you don't know how to run ropes you don't know how to throw a proper punch that shit bothers me more than anything else
1: yeah it's basics i mean it's like anything yeah. else if you're a musician and you see bands it's like yeah well, there's basic things like tuning your fucking guitar you can get yeah. on stage and not tune your guitar but it's gonna sound like garbage you know mm-hmm. and i just think that a lot of these dudes they just don't have the real training a lot of yeah. them are backyard they are trained themselves and they were given a contract because they have friends that are within the organization, yeah. you know? And so I don't know if it makes it a better promotion. I don't know if it makes it a good promotion. Like I said, to me, it's all a gimmick. Um, yeah. and everybody's just doing what they're doing to do their best to try to get over and, you know, do, their, uh, do all their moves and get in there. Like I said, and there's <clears throat> the thing that I haven't talked about that I should is the disparaging gap of talented women in the wwe versus yes what they have and
0: we talk about
1: this all the we, time all
0: the time it they, is they, a massive gap in the talent. aew women's division is very bad it's not like, good very bad you
1: no know? and like even the best things that they have there the best girls that they have going there they're just
0: they're good weird. i mean they're okay i mean Britt baker's yeah. chris Statlander's pretty good uh, Britt Baker, she's just new, new champion, you know. But Statlander
2: was out for a while, so yeah. it's hard for a lot of people that are like just jumping in to know who the hell she is.
0: Yeah, so, like
2: when she gets a lot more time, she's gonna really excel. And Britt Sheena's Baker's good. phenomenal. Sheeta is good, but Sheeta would be like, like on the bottom, like low man on the totem pole when it came to WWE. All mm-hmm. of the all of the top girls that are at AW
1: would not even come close. Yeah. They would yeah. like. I mean, look at. Look at WWE like Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, yeah. Sasha Banks. They have so much female Becky talent Williams. there that they don't right. know what the fucking do. They have to create, yeah. they have to generate new titles for these girls because they're just. I have jokingly and then seriously said that they should have an all-women's like brand in yeah. the, like, WWE. Like I thought at one point they were going. to- It totally could. were going to switch SmackDown or Raw to one or the other or take NXT and make it all all female like either or I I think what they're doing now is pretty good you know um, I think it's a good balance some people don't like women's wrestling because of whatever reasons I don't really understand that now this isn't Wendy Richter era you know this isn't Moolah era wrestling where you know the women were they wrestled a certain style and that's what it was you know. I certainly remember Wendy Richter winning the championship for Moolah. And I said to my dad, who's this old lady? You know, (laughs) and he's like, that old lady has been champion for 30 years, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's back when champions were champions, you know.
0: She she wasn't the best person outside of the ring, but when she was in the ring, she was, she she
1: created, she created the sport. She was a pioneer. Yeah, she She was a pioneer. And like, you could certainly, you know, be mad about what the, the situations were or how she oh, yeah. treated talent. Yeah. But hey, look, in reality, Vince, ain't,
2: uh, Vince ain't a saint. No. Yeah,
1: no. no. No business person that is successful is a saint. Like, you got to yeah. kind of, you know, roll over some people in order to do some things. Yeah. And Vince did a lot of things that people didn't like. But look who's standing.
2: Look who's left, yeah. you know? I will say yeah. one of my favorite, like, uh, one of the gimmicks that I remember the most from a childhood, it wasn't like, Undertaker and all those guys. I remember Bull Nakano more than, like, any. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Bull Nakano and Alondra Blaze, I thought they were amazing to watch. And that was in the 90s, when literally there was the only women's match they would put on TV for months at a time, and it would be the same match. But it was great. Well, it was so fun, now, like, they're giving us so many more women wrestlers, and it's so a huge thing.
0: And I absolutely love it. Yeah, and and even I on think, NXT too. NXT has a lot of good women wrestlers NXT's too. NXT is also loaded. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, the future—it's there.
1: They have an excellent feeder program to the two main rosters. Yes. And you know, I also like that NXT has some guys that are just to that brand. Like mm-hmm. I don't think you'll ever see Tommaso Ciampa on either of the other two programs. Yeah. I don't know if he Adam deserves Cole, it, but he can stay. Yeah, but I think the guys like that, like an Adam Cole, like. Johnny Gargano, like, I don't specifically like Johnny that much as a wrestler. I, he's one of those guys that I'm just like, he's got go away with me easily. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, I don't think, I don't buy it. Yeah. I never, I don't buy it. But- I'm with you. He's yeah. such I'm a good fucking that. heel. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't buy it, but he's such a fucking asshole that every time he gets in the ring, I'm like, fuck, I hope they rip his face no, off. And I mean it, you know? And I'm like, God, he must be good. He's
0: the good. match tonight with him and Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly, are going to be right. going to be ridiculous. Well, Pete yeah, Dunne is
2: phenomenal.
0: Pete Dunne's phenomenal, but like like the thing with NXT, it's funny that you say that, Jr. Because sometimes, unfortunately, some wrestlers have a great NXT career and then they get called up to the main roster and they get washed away. You look at guys like Andrade. You look at guys like uh, even like Bobby Roode, Andrade. Uh, you know, even like Finn, Finn. Um, guys like which even, is a travesty. Even like guys like EC3. The um, the tag team the um, the, ascension, the ascension the ascension who were phenomenal in NXT and it's it's the kind Viking of a dream. Leaders. it's like yeah it's like Vince is kind of trapped in his own ways and sometimes he's thinking like it's 1986 87 Hulkamania is running wild you know what I mean that's the part that's kind of frustrating for wrestling fans because you see what Triple H and Shawn it's all DX and NXT there's Triple H there's Shawn Michaels there's Road Dog. They're all in NXT doing this great quality work. And then recently, I mean, obviously during the COVID era, but even before that, Raw and SmackDown haven't been that big of a show. And it's been like that for a while. That's kind of frustrating. Well, but NXT think, does have the best wrestling. Yeah, I also,
1: think, I also think that there's a, there's a ceiling on all mm-hmm. of this, yeah. you know. And it sort of, you know, wrestling sort of started going away the Buffalo after Monday Night Wars. You know, because there was nothing, no competition. So it just became the same thing. And then uh, UFC started gaining a lot of prominence and people, it became like, okay, so now I'm just going to watch these guys fight because this is real, you know, versus something that is known to be a work and you're not going to buy into it. And I think instead of kind of trying to follow trends of what was happening, Vince has always held on to what has worked for him. And that worked. It always worked for him, you know? And also too, you start going more corporate, he also started changing with the times, so you don't see blood that often.
0: Rarely, well, never.
1: Again, he is going for a younger generation. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really specifically care about people that are our age. I mean, they do, but when you used st- to, how old were you when you started watching wrestling? You weren't 30. No, you know I, was, I, mean? uh, I was six. Yeah, you weren't yeah. thirty. So if you're thirty years old and you're just getting into wrestling now, then you are the exception, not the rule. The rule is people get into wrestling because they watch it with their parents. Yeah, right? I grew up watching my dad. Become, look at John Cena. John Cena's as big as fucking the world. Still, still the biggest. No one's bigger than John Cena right now. He went back and he wrestled tomorrow be the biggest name and half yeah. the crowd would cheer for him the other half would boo and that is what wrestling truly is it's exactly just, you know so you know i i i try to be fair about how i think about wrestling and i try to be fair about wrestlers because i know sometimes people are talented and they're just given a shitty gimmick you know yeah to work with and then some, and on the, the flip side sometimes you need to have a little bit more of somebody paying attention to what they're doing because then the inmates start taking over the asylum and mm-hmm. you're left with, that's a,
2: happened with WCW. That's where they yeah. flopped. Yep. You know, and I can see
0: that happen with AEW and that's what really concerns me. When Bischoff started giving guaranteed money contracts, wrestlers were just like, all right, I'm just going to stay here.
2: Yeah, I'm getting paid. What am I going to do? yeah and like you know, I said, I, and then and then Bischoff would it. just pay like a random dude from e c w to come over just so that e c w doesn't have them anymore. yeah, and you know, they literally Bischoff kind of killed the business, you know yeah. I mean it, it is I what think, it is.
1: like I said, I think it's like you know, you got about two million people in the United States, maybe three million, that really care about, wrestling. Yeah. you know, that yeah. watch it weekly, pay attention to it. I mean, that's what the ratings are. That's what the yeah. TV numbers are. So why should it be more than that? And nothing. AEW never gets more than that. that's what's crazy. Bainy.
2: We just had a conversation like a month ago where the ratings in 1999 drew 10 million viewers. 10 million viewers. for It wasn't leading up to WrestleMania. It wasn't leading up to anything. It was, it was a random, random Monday night with off. Austin and Taker. That was that. But 10 million people watched that show. Now, today... Maybe like a little over a million.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. That's, well, I mean, where's the know, disconnect? Yeah. Plus, we talked about Stone Cold. I mean, Stone Cold. Stone Cold's you, a god.
2: He's a wrestling yeah, god, plain and simple. And he could the, just draw money. And mm-hmm. think the that you have that now, but wrestling right now is oversaturated. They only yeah. had Raw when they drew 10 million viewers. Now yeah, you got on. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW has two shows, uh Impact. Network.
0: Gotta, NXT UK, there's a lot going on. NXT UK, but yeah. Think about it, 205. So,
1: the, the viewership, cable viewership is down anyways because a lot of people don't have cable anymore. I you know what them, I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of people in our general. Like, That's very true too. They don't have cable. So, like those ratings, I still think there's, you know, 3 million people a week that watch it live, but I think that, yeah. you know, there's still fans exist but again as you get older you have kids you have and your your interests become your children too as yes. you get older you know and what your children are interested in and i can't say that a lot of kids are specifically interested in wrestling some are and it just depends if their friends are interested in it but you know monday night football has become a thing which is 20 years ago people didn't watch not as many people watch monday night football as they do you know and like Think about the fact that in 98, 99, WWF had Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Shawn Michaels, and fucking The Undertaker. And like Kane, That's somebody's, DX. that's somebody's, yeah. don't
2: even add DX, that's
1: somebody's Mount Rushmore right there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Those four wrestlers is somebody's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And Agreed. You're never going to have the two, arguably the two biggest money draws in wrestling history on the same bill during the same time period again, like no. Stone Cold and The Rock, just those two guys. Stone Cold Steve Austin would do a million dollars in merchandise on one show.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I
2: mean? Like you're just don't, you're never going to have that. Everybody had an
0: Austin 316 shirt, man. Growing up, my parents yeah, everybody have, did like,
2: we didn't have much money at all when I was a child, but I had like three Steve Austin shirts at a clip.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well,
2: that's, that's what it was
1: is because everybody wanted to, I still have a, Austin 3, original
2: 316. Nice. That's, one, I I'm 24-7-1 and my Sabu. One. That's, the one. That's I'm true. an ECW
0: guy. That Austin 316 mm-hmm. original is worth a lot of money now.
2: Yeah, and I mean,
1: you know, those things are just like, I miss those ECW shows, and I miss the things that happened. But, like, in the 90s, too, you have to remember, like, wrestling was so one way for so long, and then yeah. all of a sudden there was this explosion, and things changed. You know, and like, so stuff that was happening on ECW, you didn't, you know, unless you were trading tapes, with somebody that you knew from Japan, you weren't seeing yeah. death matches. You weren't seeing stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? It didn't exist in our, in our culture, in our society. Exactly. Now, so. um, I appreciate wrestling for the physicality of it. I appreciate it for the storytelling that's behind it. I appreciate it for the production. Um, I can't tell you how many ideas that we've stolen for stage from wrestling shows that I've gone (laughs) to, you know, and uh, you know, and I appreciate it just for the fact that that two hours a week, or whenever I can sit down and watch it, it kind of removes me from reality and I can yell about these men and women that I don't really particularly (laughs) care about, but for some reason I have some kind of, you know,
2: any kind of getaway, you know? And that's Anything what it is. Getaway. It... That's why I appreciate wrestling. I know that. I got a lot right. going on right now, and yeah. I still put it on. And, it, you know, it'll still put a smile on my face, no mm-hmm. matter what kind of bullshit's going on. And I, it may not be my favorite era of wrestling, but goddamn it, we got wrestling,
0: and I'm happy. Two, two, two things I can do when I have a really shitty fucking day. I listen to Les and Jake. Thank you. <laughs> and oh. um, I can watch WrestleMania – any WrestleMania from one yeah. to 35 and it just changes away everything just because wrestling fans in my opinion are the most underrated passionate fans out there. And it's true. Yeah. It's true.
2: They have it can be
0: toxic, to them them. but I'm happy that they exist. Yeah.
1: <laughs> toxicity but is toxicity is, as, it's uh, in everything. It's mm-hmm. as dangerous as you allow it to be, you know? And so yeah. when I listen to when I, again, whenever I listen to a fan of anything sports music you take everything with a grain of salt you know because you know that it's passion talking a lot of times and not people's actual brain but then again i wonder so
2: (laughs) (laughs) hey look i go to a punk rock show and i see you know in the crowd everybody's excited and then you see a handful of like shithead boneheads you know that's a problem. They're toxic. Yeah. They are what they are, but they're there. But you know, your Nazi bullshit can go away. Everybody else in the crowd, it's a great time. So there's toxicity and everything, like you said. But you just gotta yeah. take it with, for what it is. And, and some the Nazis people, gonna fuck off. Yeah,
1: some people aren't happy unless they're miserable. So I yeah. try to avoid those people
2: at all costs. Exactly. You know, the yeah. power of positivity, baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it's, the, he, 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 he slides in these new day jokes because I'm not. Not the biggest New the Day, day fan. Now. I am a gigantic. I'm not New the biggest day New fan. Day fan. That's no, just and, you know what
1: I I will I agree with you I really I liked it better you know I think when all three of them were together it's same
2: thing over it, and over again you know same and, every day but yeah. but you can't take away the fact that they turned chicken shit into chicken salad. It's true. Yeah, I think again. I
1: think I think they were given a bad gimmick and they really turned it into something that yeah no one expected. No one expected bootios. Do you know what I mean? Like You can love it. What if all thought
2: unicorn horns are going to go Well, like over. I
1: said, that's the whole thing. It's like, I think when you really despise something in wrestling, that that person, those people, you really should step back and go, wow, they're really good at what they do because I fucking mm-hmm. hate it. And that's, and I think that a lot of wrestling fans don't, because they are so passionate about it. They're like, oh, fuck that. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's taking over. But like, in reality, it's step back. Look at what it is. Like, realize what you're watching. Realize yeah. what you're doing. And, like, realize that these guys are just doing their job. You know? Yeah. And so, if they're doing their they're job. They're people so much, at the end of the
2: day. Yep. Yeah. And if
1: they're doing their job so much that you fucking hate them,
2: well, then they're doing a great job. They're doing a phenomenal I mean, job, job. Great job. I mean, how many yes. death threats were uh, Sergeant Slaughter getting when he did that, um, you know, when he turned on America and was with Sheiky Baby and everything? I, yeah,
1: you but, know, you know I re- was getting like, death threats. I re- John Arezzi, he's an interesting guy. Um, I don't know if you guys know who he is or whatever, but he was a promoter sorry, on the Island. John Arezzi. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he was a promoter on uh, in New York City for years, Long Island, mm-hmm. and he has a podcast through... Brian Last, right? That's the guy that does cornets. And it's just called John Arezzi's Wrestling. And he used to have a radio show in Long Island. And so, what the podcast is about is his radio show in the night, wrestling radio show in the 90s. And they basically just rebroadcast what it was with his comments now. And he did a two part episode about WrestleMania when uh, Slaughter was, was, you know, after, I uh, think it was the Gulf War, right? WrestleMania 7. WrestleMania 7. And they had to switch it from the Coliseum to uh, the Staples Center or the, the Forum at the time because yep. they were really afraid of what was going on. It's a really good listen. I think it's two episodes and it's like two hours each, like an hour. Each. Check that
0: out. Yeah, it was supposed, supposed to be list. at the um, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, which was like 80,000. And then if you watch the Royal Rumble that year, there's promos of it. And, like, you know, they gave the ticket number, but it's blurred out. But, it's you know, they advertised 75,000. And then when you get to WrestleMania, it's only, like, 16,000 people. Yeah. yeah so. so,
1: I mean, it's a, if you want a little – if you're bored for two hours one day and you want to listen to, like, what it was at that time, because they had, like, Lanny Papo on the show oh. talking about it. They had, like uh, – Lanny Poffo loves to talk. So. But yeah. this was back in the 90s when he was really kind of toeing the line still for WWF, you know, mm. so it's – it's an interesting listen, you know what I awesome. mean? Because you hear the actual radio show from that time period, and then you hear, like, updated comments from John Arezzi. Nice. Know. He's an interesting guy. So, mm-hmm. like, And like I said, I don't really like a lot of wrestling podcasts unless it has to do with, like, the history of the sport. Yeah. That stuff is really interesting to me. It yeah. Also, yeah and I like, want to know, know about uh, Pampero Furpo, You know, I never saw him wrestle, but that was the guy that, you know, they stole a lot of ideas from. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, Jr., we really appreciate you coming on Sunset Flip Radio. Um, this was a lifelong dream of mine. I've been a fan of you guys since I bought Hello Rockview when I was in seventh grade, and that was like twenty-four <laughs> years ago. Wow! So you know, I appreciate what what you guys do. You know, uh, your band meant a lot to me. I don't know if you can see it, but oh, I got Rockview, awesome. yeah, Rockview <laughs> tattooed to my arm. Um, a diehard fan, so you know, this is. This is like a bucket list thing for me, so thank you.
1: Well, next time I'm gonna make sure I say this on air, so you guys say. It. Next time we're in New Jersey or anywhere that we're nearby, I want you guys to hit me up and you know be my guest, come hang out.
2: Yeah, man, that would be awesome. Absolutely. The show. You know awesome. how many times I, I've um, seen you guys? At Star I actually Bowl, used to be a bouncer at all the clubs. Man, I actually worked a couple shows for you guys back in Birch Hill. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I named my cat Cheese. Just throwing it on. out there.
1: <laughs> cheese, <laughs> cheese is a good guy, too. If you ever had, actually yeah. met Cheese, he's a really good dude. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys for your time. And I really, I've listened to your podcast a few times. Awesome. Uh, excited to be a part of it. Thanks for having me on today. Great. Great. Thank JR. you so much,
2: JR. We appreciate you.
0: Yeah. So once again, I'm the $100 man, Thomas Lacey. Always joined with Mr. Wonderful, Jeff Noyes, and our special guest, JR, from the greatest band of all time, Less Than Jake. We are Sense of Flip Radio, and we are out for today. Peace, love, and wrestling, and as always, take care. Peace.